This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, episode 129, Endless Lies. What's that song all about? Endless Lies is the ninth track on Balance of Power, fourth song on side two. The song was originally recorded for the Secret Messages double album but soon got the boot when the double album became a single album. It was re-recorded and changed slightly for the version that was featured on Balance of Power. The original version wasn't released until 2001 as a bonus track on the special edition of Secret Messages. In a 1986 issue of Soundcheck, Jeff Lynne said, Endless Lies is a tribute to Roy Orbison. I tried to sing it big, obviously not as big as him, but I just tried to get that tone of voice. It was a fun thing to do. It was just really a bit of fantasy singing with a bigger voice. I nearly succeeded. In the 1987 issue of Face the Music fanzine number 3, Neil Frost wrote, Finally, listening to the track Endless Lies on Balance of Power, it would seem that Jeff's lyric writing has come full circle. Surely its reference to a merry-go-round harks back 18 years to the skeleton and the roundabout. In the January 2013 issue of Goldmine, Jeff Lynn said, I went down to Nashville a few years before we formed the Traveling Wilburys, just to say hello to Roy and see if we could sit and jam and try to come up with a song. Anyway, while I was there, I played Roy Endless Lies in his house, and I went, this is my trying to copy you in the middle. Have a listen. He listened, and he chuckled, and he went, that's actually pretty good. He was chuffed. Lies made baby Jesus cry. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And we've got Endless Lies, which is kind of an ironic name for a song that's only about three minutes long. <laughs> it's definitely not endless. <laughs> no. And it definitely doesn't feel like that either. His whole point on this was to try and do an homage to Roy Orbison, and he succeeds. You can get some of that twangy guitar in there at the end. That reminds me of the older Orbison recordings. So, yeah, I think he does a good job. I did listen to both versions. I think the Secret Messages version is the one that sounds more like yellow. And it is a bit busy. The Balance of Power version is a little simpler. However, it remembers to do that wah thing uh, (laughs) more than once. Yeah. But it doesn't seem as busy, but the problem is with that one is... It seems like the guitar part at the end, it's still there, but it's not as much. Which, that was one of the highlights I liked, was as it ended, you got that twangy guitar coming in, which 
I noticed was also in there a little bit earlier in the Balance of Power version than it was in the Secret Messages version. So both versions have their points and their drawbacks, but for the most part, it's a pretty good song. It doesn't sound like anything else on Balance of Power. Even the version that was remade for it doesn't sound like anything else on that album, which is pretty much a good thing. It sounds like he actually gave a damn about this song. If you ever wondered what it would sound like if Roy Orbison did a pop song in 1986, well, it might sound a little something like this. In 1989, early 89, I wrote a story in my little underground newspaper, The Loon News. It was more of a rant than a story, because some of my friends were just dismissing Jeff Lynne as far as what he had to do with the Wilburys and George Harrison, and no, Full Moon Fever hadn't been out yet. And just, pfft, Jeff Lynne really didn't do much, and I just, I don't know if they were just being snarky and just trying to get a rise out of me or if they really believed it. Either way, it sparked my little rant in my newspaper and along with that was all the the other things that I would see in in the press about the Wilburys and Cloud Nine and, and that kind of stuff where it's like oh, George Harrison and Roy Orbison and, and Dylan and Cloud Nine was brilliant. Oh, and Jeff Lynne, he did a little something here. And don't forget Tom Petty. So I went on my rant. And one of my rants was about Jeff's voice and how fantastic it is. And I compared it to Roy Orbison. And I said something like, and if you think I'm just being like a fanboy and over-wonderfulizing Jeff Lynne's voice, go listen to the end of Endless Lies on Balance of Power and tell me he's not channeling Roy Orbison there and matching his singing abilities. And this was, I didn't see any press I didn't see anything before then about that Endless Lies was supposed to be an Orbison-y sounding song. So I was like, oh, that's good. Glad to see that I was right, Darren Perkins and Richard Boland. Uh, to the song, anyway. I got that out of my system. Y- yeah, it's, um, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. And I, I don't know, it sounds like I'm going to say, well, it's okay. No, I do like it. And I always liked it. I think that carousel thing in there is cute. And the last part there where Jeff belts out the endless lies, oh my god, that's fantastic. That's so Orbison-y. But I think the consensus here in this apartment is that the Secret Messages version was better. I mean, there's very little difference between both songs, but I like the Secret Messages version better. The Balance of Power one sounds emptier. It sounds kind of like most of the songs on the album, where it's heavy, heavy, heavy synth and it kind of strips away some of the humanity that even Secret Messages and even Time had in there. There's an added bit, it's in the pre-chorus of Secret Messages, but it's not there on the Balance of Power one. I can understand why Jeff took it out because it doesn't sound like it belongs in that song. But I like it in there. It's a nice change from the rest of the song to keep it from turning into something that just plods along. And as for the ending, I think it's a mix. I like the little bit near the end where it kind of goes into that... But I don't like the ending on the Secret Messages version where it has that little tag after Jeff goes into full Roy. 
balance of power version where it just ends with Jeff he did a good job of orbisoning here made a pretty good song right and uh, I'm not going to get after him for it because it was obviously what he was going for he even played it for Roy Orbison at one point Mm mm-hmm and I guess Roy Orbison patted him on the head and said, that's good, Jeff. Good job. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so the thing is, is that this proves that he can do an homage to somebody mm-hmm. without copying. Yeah. Because he's not copying a Roy Orbison song of any specific one. He's doing the style, but he's not just completely aping in a Roy Orbison song. It's not like he took only the lonely and changed the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So... I just think that if he wanted to do this with other artists and everything, then why in the past has it been so darn close to the actual song that they did? Well, as someone who's done music and written songs, not very well, I did a song in 1989 called She Don't Love Me. I've written notes and told her jokes. I'd even go out and buy her a boat if it would ease all my hopes and fears. I've been alone for so many years And now she's all that I need Cause I love her and I know she don't love me And really, I just ripped off Papa Jean's Blues by the Monkees Cause I, I love that song so much More strength is mine when we're together And with you I know I'll never have to pass the high road for the low I have no more than I did before But now I've got all that I need For I love you and I know you love me It was just easier to copy a style, sounding as close as you can to it. For me, anyway. Then again, I'm not an accomplished, brilliant songwriter like Jeff Lynn, so... Um, I don't know. Ask Jeff. Get him on the show. Tell him to leave the lawyers at home. But then I thought when you did She Don't Love You that you were purposely trying to reference the monkeys, too. I didn't <laughs> look at it as you copying the monkeys. I looked at it as you referencing the monkeys. See, here's the good thing. Here's, how, here's what makes it seem like I'm brilliant, where I can write a song that almost sounds like somebody else's song. I don't know anything beyond the most basic chords. And as for my singing... Well, neither did the monkeys for most... Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and as for my singing, I don't hit all the right notes all the time. So even if I'm trying to sing Papa Jean's Blues, whatever notes I hit, it's not going to be exactly like Papa Jean Blues. So I think that maybe avoids the, uh, the lawsuit from... I don't know who wrote it. I don't think Nesmith wrote it. I know he sang it. I think that, that one... I thought, always thought that one was Nesmith. Well, wait. It was wait. either Nesmith or Torque. We got the internet here. Papa Jeans Blues. Composer Michael Nesmith. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah, I was about to say, I always thought it was Mike Nesmith. If it wasn't him, it had to be Torque, because I knew it wasn't a cover. Yeah. So. Anyway, my wife liked the carousel in the Secret Messages version better, because she thought it was less cartoony. 
than the one that was in the balance of power version. I did kind of like that little keyboard addition with that. Yeah, he tries to make it sound more like a carousel in balance of power. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that it would be left out completely. <laughs> I love the carousel part. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping it would just not be there, but yeah, it still was. I would say, well, if it's going to be in there, then I prefer the Secret Messages version a little bit better on that because it's just a creative keyboard sound rather than just trying to throw in the calliope. Actually, that makes my head bounce to something. Was he working the Beatles into a Roy Orbison song? Because I remember hearing George Martin talking about the production of Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, where somebody, oh, it was George Martin, not Harrison, who was right. going through all this back library of calliope music that they had at EMI Studios, and he was trying to piece together something, and at some point he just got frustrated and threw the bits of tape up in the air, told the engineer, just splice that together and put it on which is why some of it wound up being played backwards or over each other and forwards or at different speeds. And I wonder if this is possibly a bit of a reference to being for the benefit of Mr. Kite in his little Roy Orbison tribute. I know, I think he was just trying to be clever. Or that. Got something to say about endless lies? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? It's all right. Count to ten. One. It'll all be better then. Two. Three. It's all right. The world will go away. Good hello everybody, it's me Dono from donosdump.org and guess what, here is my rant on endless lies. Roy Orbison, that's the name you've been hearing throughout this extended episode and that is a good thing. Jeff has been talking about his admiration for Roy for years and these fanboy feelings gets to strut its stuff very well here, unlike Beals forever. <coughs> Fortunately, he doesn't have to revert to chanting song titles to milk the source to the point of rubbing it in the listener's ears. Roy's singing voice is all the calling card Jeff needs to sell the influence in the song that it blends in easily. The songs, the tributes, and the drama melts in together. Major credit for Jeff's vocal cords for belting out the chorus without breaking sweat. Next to the vocals, the percussion adds also adds to the drama, or at the very least, keeps the listener awake. Hey, this is Troy. Endless Lies. Well, if Jeff Lynn, Roy Orbison, and Pavarotti had a baby, it might sound something like this. Yeah, try to get that image out of your mind. Uh, sorry, not. No, no, seriously, I like this song. I didn't when I first heard it, but it grew on me. It's kind of a I-could-take-it-or-leave-it kind of thing. But it does sound like Jeff is channeling, once again, his inner Roy Orbison. 
but I don't think Endless Lies is as good a song as Without Someone, but it does sound more like a Roy Orbison song than Without Someone does. But it also sounds like he may be channeling in the chorus a bit Pavarotti or maybe Placido Domingo or maybe that one tenor who nobody can ever remember his name, but the maestro really liked him in Seinfeld, whatever that guy's name was. But I really can see Roy Orbison recording this song, and maybe he would have had he lived and worked with Jeff Lynne again. I just think it's a, almost a perfect match for him. Now, I want to say one word about the version of Endless Lies on the special two-record edition of Secret Messages that was released in 2017. Well, I didn't even know Jeff had attempted to record it back in 1982-1983, and I am so used to hearing Endless Lies on Balance of Power that it's really hard for me to think of it in any other context. But I did listen to the version on that special edition of Secret Messages a couple of times, and I still prefer the edition on Balance of Power. It's slower than the one on Secret Messages, and I think the tempo on Balance of Power better fits the song. And I really like the breakdown before the chorus on Balance of Power. You know, stand up, take a look, do whatever, it's a merry-go-round. I really love that. That's missing on the version on Secret Messages. That's all for this week. I'll talk to you next week. This has been, of course, a thought from Troy. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? Today I watched Endless Lies, and I watched the first and second one. I like the second one better. It's the secret messages version. I don't know, I liked it better. Better than the balance power version? Um, excuse me. Yeah, duh, I just said it. Love you guys. I wish I can give you a big hug. Bye! Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 130, send it.